Welcome and welcome back. You're listening to the Pure Voice Podcast with Tiffany Moore Borgelin. I am Tiffany Moore Borgelin. Pure is what you are when you're yourself and you don't care what anyone has to say about it. Voice, it's how you move. It's how you manifest in this world. So I've been thinking about you guys and Remember, I told you that I had a particular podcast or some podcasts that I had made before the pandemic, before I even debuted my podcast. I recorded some things. Well, this is one of those. It's actually the last of those. I don't have any more pre-pandemic podcasts, but I saved this one because it's particularly personal. It's very personal. And I wanted to make sure that I put it in just the right place. Oh, who are we kidding? (laughs) I just actually was kind of nervous about releasing it, but I'm not anymore. So let's get into this. Hey, everybody. This is Tiffany Moore Borgelin with Pure Voice. Welcome back. I'm so excited to be able to share with you all today. Well, you know, I don't know if the word excited is really the most intentional word to use. I am in a space where I know that this is necessary And I want to make sure that in doing this, everyone who is under the sound of my voice right now is receiving whatever they need to receive from it. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about something that I've actually been embarrassed to talk about for a while. And usually when I'm doing a podcast or any type of public address, whether it's a speech, a podcast or workshop, I usually have notes prepared, um, some something to just make sure that I don't go off track. But today I wanted to just speak straight from my heart. So I don't have any notes prepared. This is just kind of a revelation that I got this morning when I was getting dressed to go out and vote. And I was saying how, you know, your vote is your voice. And so use it accordingly. And then, of course, that got me locked into you know, the intention behind voice and why we have a voice in the first place and having coached voice for so long in my life, I began to really kind of mold that over. And in my mind and in my spirit, I just felt like I needed to share a certain part of my experience with everyone. So when I was in my early 20s, I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety. And that was something that I had to fight for quite a long time. Um, And probably about three or four years after the initial diagnosis where I was put on um, medication, medication especially for the anxiety associated with it, um, I was able to stop taking the medication. And it didn't really, you know, it wasn't something that I needed for a very long time. And recently I had a reoccurrence of the anxiety manifestation. And it happened while I was on stage and I was getting ready to announce a show that um, I help with each year here in um, the area where I live. And I got a call that one of the participants in the show was in an accident or rather a text message. And this particular participant happens to also be a personal client of mine. And most people who know me um, all pretty much know that 
I am a passionate person and a lot of people who work with me have seen me get emotional certain times. Um, like when my son was getting ready to go to college, I was pretty much (laughs) beside myself and, you know, they've seen me well up and tear up during emotional performances or if I was saying something emotional, but for some reason I became emotional and I, and I was overcome getting the news about not just the fact that we had a performer who had been in an accident very shortly before the show, but the information that I had received was very limited. So I basically just received a text saying this person was in an accident. And, um, you know, so we didn't know how to proceed, you know, what type of accident is the person all right. And then the text said they're in the emergency room. And so and, and again, this is one of my um, clients, so I have an intimate relationship with this individual as well. And for some reason, I just couldn't pull myself together. And the overwhelming emotion that I felt was I was very anxious about what was this person was experiencing. I didn't want them to be hurt or to lose any part of what it was they were destined to do. But for myself, I found myself grappling with not just the emotion of the moment, but also this fear and embarrassment of not being able to contain my emotions and the fact that I had become so anxious surrounding it. So I pulled together the artist and we prayed and um, we were instructed to do that by the individuals, um, the person who texted. And so we did just that. Uh, We prayed. I I asked certain individuals to pray and bring us through together. But for some reason, I couldn't get my bearings. And when I went on stage to announce the show, I had asked permission to say if the person wouldn't be there that night. And, um, And in speaking to the audience, I was overcome to the point where you could hear it in my voice. And for many people, it was just a blip for them. It was a blip on their screen. Not that the person was um, hurt. You know, people really felt that they were compassionate. But the fact that my voice broke under the weight of the emotion and the tears that were trying to well up. And it was very quick. It was sudden. It happened. And I kept speaking and I pulled it together and we went on with the show. And that thing stuck with me. I was just like, why are you so embarrassed to show when you can't keep it together? So I left the show after the the run of the show. It was a couple days and the holidays were over. So I was able to really take some time and to immerse myself in my thought process around why I was so embarrassed you know, people were trying to comfort me and I felt like, don't comfort me. I'm not the one that was in the accident. And they obviously could see that I was, you know, very torn up about it. And they were just doing what any compassionate, empathetic human beings would do. But for some reason, I could not, you know, get past the fact that you guys are seeing me weak or emotional. And then over time, I just, you know, obsessed on it a little bit. And then I left it alone and I just said, you know what? It was what it was. And and I I love the person and I love the people I work with. And that was a manifestation of that. I was upset and it was what it was. If I was one of my clients and I told and they told me uh, that story, I would tell them you just were uh, you were passionate about what you'd heard and you were upset. So fast forward and, and just so you know, the person ended up everything was OK and the show went on. We had a wonderful show. But. 
I said, you know what? You need to start speaking about your humanness a little bit more. You're always coaching other people and you're always helping them, but you're human and you may be gifted to help other people get through what they're dealing with, but it does not exempt you from feeling similarly on certain occasions. So fast forward to the week of my husband's birthday and I had been experiencing anxiety for whatever reason, I think it was just because we were in a new year and there was so much I needed to do and it was just starting to well up on the inside of me and it had not been like that for a while. The next thing you know, I found myself experiencing pain in the upper region of my chest on my left side and then that pain began to shoot down into my arm and just the thought of what that could possibly be had me so worked into a lather and so anxious that my blood pressure went up just thinking about it. And then I just was overcome at like three o'clock in the morning with anxiety. And I had to have my husband take me to the emergency room. And when we got there, I tried to speak and tell them what was wrong with me. And I was able to articulate it, but I was like losing my breath, just trying to talk. And so they admitted me to the emergency room as a cardiac patient initially, which is what they have to do, because anytime you come in complaining of chest pain and, you know, pain shooting down your arm, it's what they do. So they sent me back in a wheelchair and I was in this room and five or six people converged on me at once, you know, an IV in one arm, taking blood out of the other arm, strapping me into different types of instrumentation to monitor blood pressure and all these other kinds of things. I was wheeled back for a CT scan. scan. I was monitored and monitored and tested and tested. And when they came back with the results, they said, you know what? Your blood work looks great. Your liver looks great. Your kidneys, your chest, the the CT scan came back. We see no reason. We don't see any cardiac anything. It was acute anxiety. It was acute anxiety, meaning very intense anxiety. And I was so angry and I was so mad that I let myself get to that point. But then I said, what is wrong with you? You just did the same thing about a month ago. You were angry with yourself because you let yourself get to a point. And so I think I tried to suppress the natural feeling of angst that was trying to come over me to the point where I became even more anxious. And then I got embarrassed because I couldn't not be anxious. (laughs) And then I began to think, What area of an external locus of control, what area of you caring what people think would cause you to become so embarrassed about any feelings that made you feel you weren't in control? Because anxiety is just that. It's a feeling of nervousness and angst over something that you feel is imminent or about to take place or something over which you have no control. And I became embarrassed and angry And I said, I'm not going to let too many people know about this. I let my good friends know about it. My good friends, you know, came and they supported me. And then I had to have medication, you know, um, prescribed to help me through. 
And um, there were a few minor other things, um, just some um, stomach um, esophageal things that took place like GERD and things like that, that were manifestations of the anxiety as well, getting my stomach in such an upset state, stressed out. So I want to iterate here that this was the first trip to the emergency room. This took place on a Monday at 3 a.m. in the morning, just me and my husband leaving the house under the cloak of night, if you will, me with something on that I was able to manage. I found, you know, just a little sweatsuit and put it on and got in the car and um, we, we made haste. It was just I could manage that situation a little better heading to the emergency room, which wasn't too far from our home. So that was the first trip to the emergency room. And that was on a Monday. And so now I'm going to fast forward two days. And this was whenever I went to my physician's office because in the emergency room, they told me to make a follow-up appointment with my primary care physician who would then prescribe me the necessary medications to take care of what had been diagnosed on my initial trip to the emergency room on that Monday. So I made the appointment for the following Wednesday, which again was two days later, to see my primary care physician. So my physician prescribed something for that, and also there was a pinched nerve in the top part of my chest um, from where I had tried to position myself to not feel that. And so I had a pinched nerve. I had gastroesophageal reflux and then just acute anxiety. And I went to see my primary care physician who then prescribed me medication for those things. And I went home and took those medications and passed out within an hour because my body didn't respond to all of those things at one time. And then the next thing you know, there are paramedics in my bedroom taking me downstairs to put me in an ambulance. And there I was in broad daylight with my neighbors looking on. There was a huge fire truck and um, there was a fire truck and there was an ambulance and there was just a cacophony of sounds and there was just all of this stimulation taking place as I was being wheeled out and taken to the emergency room because when I fell, I fell, I busted my lip and face and, you know, and then had to be carted away publicly. And that's right, publicly, publicly, it was such the opposite of what had taken place two days ago when we were able to kind of like leave very privately and discreetly in the middle of the night, (laughs) right out there, pure daylight. Something my introverted ass just did not take too well to. But to be quite honest, I was in such a state and so under the influence of those um, prescription drugs at the moment that it really didn't matter. But even deep on the inside of who I was, having passed out cold on the floor, having have to have paramedics and rescue people bring me down to an ambulance, something on the deepest part of myself still managed to think, oh my God, the neighbors see me being carted out. <laughs> Boy, this human experience is something else. But yeah, so there we were again headed to the emergency room again because I wasn't able to handle something. My body reacted in such a way that I couldn't handle it. And so I couldn't hide it this time. I couldn't just, oh, no, no, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. There I was (laughs) 
and my nightgown that only my husband and I have ever seen me in my little ratted pink <laughs> you know everyone has that one nightgown or sweatshirt or whatever that they pretty much only their family sees them in but there I was being carted away again I'm in the hospital and they ran similar tests just to make sure everything was okay and the word came back you're good blood work kidneys everything looks good and um you just couldn't handle all that medication at one time. So the first time I couldn't handle the anxiety and the second time I couldn't handle the anxiety medication. (laughs) Y'all, I was embarrassed. What is that? Well, that comes from at some point in my life, I was made to feel embarrassed about my emotions. I was made to feel embarrassed about how a, a passionate and an intense a person I am. At some point, there was invalidation or when I would break away from being that strong-willed person or child or whatever, it was not seen as humility or as throwing um, in the white towel or holding up the flag of I surrender. It was made to feel like I was weak or I had been broken. And so anything that even feels similar to that or similarly to that, I tend to push away. I tend to push those emotions down. And I mean, I come out of my shell when I need to, but I really want to take this journey with you. Everything that I share with you doesn't come from a place of me being an expert. Some things I'm working through with you. And so that's what I want you to know about me. Pure voice is not just what I'm asking you to show up as, as pure um, and as your own manifestation of your voice, but it's what I'm doing. It's what I'm practicing. You know, we go to physicians who are practicing medicine. (laughs) We go to attorneys who are practicing law. And so I'm practicing what I'm preaching as I'm doing it. And so my message for you is don't ever surround yourself with people who don't validate you in the fullness of who you are or who or who will try to break you whenever you're seemingly not as strong as you typically show up if you're with people like that in your life no matter who you are or who they are then you need to find your tribe My tribe is composed of a very small and select group of people who I know accept me for who I am, not just because they tell me, because on a regular basis they show me and they show up for me and they receive me how I show up, however that happens to be. It doesn't mean that I don't get checked. It doesn't mean that you don't check people if they're showing up in a way that's toxic or dangerous for you. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just simply saying allow people to be who they are. Don't you be afraid of your quirky laugh. Don't be afraid at the fact that or embarrassed rather of your quirky laugh or embarrassed because you cry at weddings and you cry whenever you watch rom-coms. Don't be embarrassed of your emotions. Man, woman, or child, don't let what other people tell you is unacceptable stop you from being the fullness of who you are. And that's what pure voice is. 
sometimes shaking in your boots and with your voice shaking and quaking. You're going to have to do the thing that someone else won't do. You're going to have to say the thing that someone else won't say. And so that's what pure voice is. It's about showing up fully, potently, and moving as completely you. Show up fully and show up and don't be embarrassed or hindered. And if there's work to be done that causes you to shun showing up fully, then get to that work and be the person fully that you were created to be. You've got too much. We're depending on you. This world is depending on you. You are a thread of gold in the divine fabric that this universe is. And I don't want you to ever forget that. I don't ever want to forget that about myself. So until next time, stay pure, stay potent, (laughs) and always stay unpimpable. Peace.